Getting used to these early start times this week. Welcome to Hunter Pod. Sam Kelly, welcome to Hunter Pod. We uh, please excuse the the noise intrusion. We'll try and keep those to a minimum, but there's not much we can do, and it's nothing to do with us. Uh, you've already heard Dan Edwards' voice. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome back, English Dan, and um, welcome for the first time to Hunter Pod to Federico Gonzalez. Fede, say hello. Yeah, hello to everyone. Very pleased to be here, and now we can talk about uh, Super Classico. This the mom, the moments uh, the the my here. Theory. Indeed, yeah. Uh, Fede yeah. Has, has timed his, his debut on the Handapod exceptionally well because this weekend, uh, of course, as, as real Argentine football fans will be well aware, uh, is the, the biggest derby in world football. The Super Classico River Plate play Boca Juniors, we'll be talking about that later. Um, and Fede is the first or the closest thing, I think, to, to a Bostero that we've had on Handapod. In a long time, certainly, we've had a couple of Boca fans on before. Fede, just uh, tell our listeners what, what you do exactly. No, I'm doing... I'm recording, recording some information to, to, a, to a Twitter account named La Doce Twittera. La Doce Twittera is a Twitter account about the Boca Juniors who tells about the information, the, the team's news, some talks about the, the, the players and the, and, the, and, the, and the media's group. And there's a lot of information about Boca and there's a lot of fans uh, following us because the, here in Argentina is a, it's very, it's a group that is very followed. 94,000 followers, so this is uh, an unofficial, uh, but one of the biggest unofficial Boca yeah. accounts. Yeah. Although, bizarrely, you're claiming that you're not actually a Boca fan. No, no, it's, I'm not uh, actually a Boca fan, but if, if, I don't, if, if, if I don't like Boca, it's, uh, it, it would be to me impossible to, to, <laughs> to give them the, the play-by-play on Sundays or when the, the, when the team is, is playing. Who, who do you support? What team do you support? In Argentina. With, in Argentina, for the benefit of our, our no, my my neighbor is Almagro. My neighborhood, my neighborhood is Almagro, but it's not. You, you can't uh, you can you can't uh, take that with our reference about that <laughs> because we are in the third division and really it's not uh, it's not a team that we can follow day by day. But in, no. in the in the in the big I, I follow I more time I follow uh, big teams San Lorenzo, Racing, Independiente, Boca, River, obviously. But there's a, my there's my concentration is about that five things like, like uh, every Argentine fan. 
was going to say, you'd be the second Amagra fan we've had on the podcast after Ar- Ariel. Ariel. Ariel is uh, a Amagra fan? Yeah. yeah. Ariel, you remember? No. No. Ariel, um, the guy who came on to talk about Boca. Mike's. Oh, he's not a Magra fan, is he? I yeah. He's a Boca fan. Boca and uh, a Magra. So there you are. Boca and a Magra, oh! I was on before then, haven't we? <laughs> um, he was the one I was thinking of when I yeah. said we had. Um, we, we're going to start the, the pod proper with, however, not a look at the Super Classico, but a look at, um, because we haven't had English Dan back uh, in, in a few weeks, when we do, we like to go in depth about harassing, of course, yeah, we love and it. get a bit of an update. It's not so much of a, a chore for us anymore now that he's not on every week. Um, and they're doing fantastically, aren't they, Dan? T- tell our listeners how, how wonderfully Racing are doing, what's happened to them in the last We can say days. that they've... On and off the pitch, it should be. Yeah. Let's start with on the pitch at the start. Um, they've equaled their worst ever start to a short tournament, um, equaling the 2006 Apertura with two draws and seven defeats in nine games. Uh, the latest of those seven defeats came at the weekend with a 3 0 I don't even know how you can call it. Just walk over, humiliation, uh, tonking, Sunday like stroll, tonking. tonking is good, but tonking implies that the other team kind of had to put some effort into it. And oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah but Grano, like they just really did walk it with. I'll admit, a fairly fantastic performance from one of Hannah Pods. You know, confirmed favourites, um, spicy Pereira. Least least favourites. Thank you. For you, maybe this podcast is a river fan. No, 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 no. He's one of he's one of my favourites for uh, for the nickname and everything. I'm you know he absolutely destroyed us, and I'm still keeping a re- fairly objective view on it. He scored a, a wonderful overhead kick yeah. from well the first goal was sixteen or seventeen yards. The, the first, first goal was, was well stunning. It was uh, yeah. kind of a ball that wriggled out on the on the right side of the area, cut in with the le- with his left and just curled it straight around Saka. Mm. The second, uh, Bogdanov's third, I believe they scored in between that. No. Oh no, uh, that was the second. Yeah, the yeah. third came after, after Pereira and gone off. I've sort of just been buried in my hand, been burying my hands in my head by that point. I can understand but why. The second year was an exquisite um, overhead kick, which I hope Sam will put up on on the on the blog, um, even though it pains me to to admit it. It was truly stunning. I will try to. the The performances that Racing have put in since we last had you on, at least, uh, yeah. have been sort of. Well, very, very poor away to Boca, but then there was a kind of encouraging performance. Yeah, against two Newell's. Weeks ago against Newell's. Against Newell's, yeah. he didn't play badly Which, as, as we mentioned at, at length last week, it, yeah. it took a no, late golazo from Maxi Rodriguez to, to separate the sides. Exactly. Um, and then they're back to just being absolutely shit again. Yeah, although last weekend. they were better um, than we've seen before against Boca in the, on a few away games. I think yeah. until that second goal went in, it was kind of. They did go out and look for the game, you know within the limitations they've got clearly uh, nothing was really happening and yeah what can you say it's two points from nine games rock bottom of the table and there's just so many failings in the team you almost don't know where to start uh, you know there's a lack of a centre forward there's, you know, the new um, the new catchphrase around El Cilindro is they need, um, they need a centre forward like the people no, but I, I think that uh, Racing always uh, find uh, find the find the way to lose because yeah, it's incredible. It's it's uh, against News, uh, they they had a, a good a good game, mm-hmm. but uh, an amazing goal of Ranbat Rodriguez oh, yeah. after hitting the post, the bar, and no, yeah, that's right, yeah. 
No, I think there's just, yeah, but aside from all that, you can see exactly if you watch them why, maybe not while they're last, but why they're struggling desperately. Because there's just so many failings across the pitch that they don't know what to do. Um, As as the the old saying, or at least the old saying in Argentine football goes, what what happens on the pitch happens as a result of what happens in the boardroom. I'm paraphrasing slightly, that's not how it goes at all, it's considerably (laughs) succinct in real life. because just today, now, uh, Racing have got a new president officially taking charge. Oh, it wasn't. I don't know he was accepting it, but he's going to yeah. be inaugurated, as it were, uh, today. Um, he took the charge last night and did a nice flowery speech saying, you know, he was going to drag us out of the shit. And that he wasn't prepared to be president because it's a lot of, of responsibility and blah, blah, blah. He's the second right. vice president because the, the, the president and the first vice, yeah. Gorgorno and the guy whose name I've forgotten, Molina, was it? Yeah, um, Molina. Gorgorno Molina. Yeah, yes. both stepped down. Andres and I mentioned on the podcast last week, as listeners will will might remember, um, that that these two were both basically saying, "Well, I'll step down if he steps down first and neither of them wanted to be the one to go first. They both eventually have done. Yeah. Um, and the new president is called Victor Blanco, the head Victor of Blanco. the Savoy Hotel here in Buenos Aires. Oh, is he? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, those are the other commitments he was talking about, man. It would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at least they've got a nice place to stay and something, I guess. And is he just in temporary charge until elections get called? Or? Uh, it would appear so, yeah. I mean, from what you just told me, like, I haven't been able to follow it too closely, but I think that's the idea. Right. I mean, as you say, I can't imagine mm. he'd want to take it on full time because he's probably not that much of an idiot. But, yeah, at the start, this all comes. I don't know how much you and Andres went into. Um, like this internal battle that was oh, between Oh, we very much just crossed on the Molina. top of it, really. It, was, it was seemed to be happening as we yeah. were recording, yeah. so we didn't give it a great but it was deal definitely... Of... No, it was really hold, really holding back Racing. Um, you had a president and a vice president who, of course, was the president before coming in. And, and Ashala, sorry, I was pointing and, it. Yeah, but Ashala went before. It was yeah. a, a different move. No, but it was, uh, Victor Blanco was interviewed in... 90 minutes of the football here at program in, in Buenos Aires uh, for Fox Sports and there is uh, they asked the the the, the uh, journalist uh, a, sp- a, a question about question about he's a businessman and not a, a man of football mm-hmm. and it would be a problem for him and he he responds that if the if the ball go, goes in go goes to the to to the into 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 the goal into the goal into the goal line it's it would more easy for for racing and there in and the internal problems there are uh, there are a lot of sounds about that yeah. a lot of problems yeah. about that well i hope that first of all i mean I think Racing can essentially write off this tournament as a complete abject failure, and all we've got to try now is um, is to not do a banfield and start, you know, free falling down the table because there's on paper the relegation table doesn't look too bad. Uh, Racing are some some worrying about yeah no this is what I'm going to say yeah Uh, there's nine not yet not yet this yeah. They have 15 points more than Godoy Cruz. Godoy yeah. Cruz 99, Racing have got 114, and they're sort of lower mid table in the relegation table. Yeah. Um, but of course, with Godoy Cruz and the teams below them picking up points, yeah. Racing very much mm-hmm. not picking up points. Yeah, definitely this Sunday um, we host Rafaela. 
and that's going to be a real relegation six-pointer. I mean, of the sides below you in the table, in fact, we can see how many each side has got this season as well as how many they've got in the three seasons as a whole. Um, Racing have got two, and then the teams below them, Estudiantes are on 12 points for the season, Quilmes 10, Tigre 10, Rafaela 13, All Boys 10, Argentinos 14, Godoy Cruz are the top side in the relegation zone, 12, and then, of course, you've got Central and Olimpo, um, who with only one season to divide the points by if those two start winning it complicates everybody above them but it's a big if so far that is what very seen because yeah. both of them are, are yeah. crap as well Olimpo yeah. one position I think it is above Racing in the in the Torneo in yeah they're right? second bottom yeah. and then Brasilia um, third they, they have managed to win a match and, and they've managed to draw uh, yeah. one more than Racing as well um, so they do have three times the number of points Racing have not that we're mocking yeah. Racing for being but we'll have to see I mean pounds. you know all things considered, we're very, very early into the season. Not so much the the short season, but so, the, 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 season, the 38 season, game yeah. year. So I don't think we need to worry too unduly, but definitely points have got to start coming from from somewhere. And, and one good thing about this is that it makes our judgment done when when Ischia was announced as manager uh, mm. look very sound for a change because we said he was going to be crap, and so far he has. Yeah, the he, the record that Racing have had since Ischia has taken over in five matches now. Um, is pretty much the same as, as it was under Subaldia. One draw, three uh, defeats for Subaldia, and it's one draw and four defeats now for Ischia. No, one draw and three defeats. One of those games was uh, Radel, the interim. Of course it was, yeah. sorry, yeah, it was the interim mm-hmm. manager, you're quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, they've both got identical uh, records, in fact. Uh, yeah. Well, apart from goals, perhaps, scored and conceded. Um, <laughs> Racing's goals conceded column is the, the most filled column of any of the ones yeah. on the Torneo Inicial um, board at the moment. They, the highest goal scorers in the tournament so far are San Lorenzo who've scored 15. Racing have managed to concede 17. And that could be a lot higher if it wasn't for the keeper. It could be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it all starts. Sebastian Sanha really hasn't had much of a drop off in form. No, no, not at all. Not at all. You can't really point to any of the goals and say he was at fault for them. No. And you can also look at a lot of saves he's made um, in games I know against Newell's he came up with a couple and no just peppered it on all the games but it really I think for me in Racing it starts not so much with the the, cent- the guys in the centre Ortiz Milionico Cajais although they've been pretty poor the real problem is um, in kind of in defence going backwards in the field going backwards and then in the flanks as well mm. that's where teams are just really really peppering Racing throughout every game this season they kind of they overlap they break through and the fullbacks are just they're not there and I know they've tried a lot of different variations yesterday uh, on Sunday I mean they tried um, a back three for the first time probably since before so when Lear took over mm. with pretty shoddy results so uh, yeah I really don't know where they can go from here I think is, is Ivan Pidiud's absence making um, making much of a difference in that in that sense mm. he's, he's, he's a senior player and this infection or something yeah. or other which means that he's out for like a month and a half <laughs> yeah I, uh, I mean every wrestling fan has really enjoyed kind of just taking the piss out of Pichaud and insulting him over the last three years but definitely I think that his presence has been missed he's a senior defender and you know he's got deficiencies marking he's got deficiencies but He's, he's a trier, like, he, mm. he's always the guy who comes through and, although the new guy, Gomez, obviously, like, I don't think he's been, he's been awful since he's come in, but obviously, throwing a 19-year-old into a, into a failing defence and, uh, you know, and asking him to mark, a, mark the flanks yeah. is always going to be a hard ask. And Absolutely. he's also kind of, he's a 
defender who loves to get forward, you know, one of these guys who gets up the pitch. And it's probably not the time for, for Racing fullbacks to be doing that. They need to really be. Gabriel Auche? Auche is the worst player I've ever seen. But Ferdinand's had, had a sort of shit eating grin on his face as he asked down that question. I'm just quite amazing. Don't invite this guy back. <laughs> moving, moving. Yeah, from, let's uh, talk about something more. Moving from one club in crisis uh, to another, it's time to drop down a division, and we're not talking about Independiente this week. Um, we'll, we'll very, very briefly mention the fact that they got a 2-2 draw away to Tacheres de Cordoba um, on la- last night, wasn't it? Was last it, night. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Bloody hell, I thought it was Sunday. Uh, we we're recording on, on Tuesday. Um, no, Independiente no, was Independiente, Sunday. You know, was last night. Huracan was right, last right, night, sorry, and yes. in the, in the Saturday night. That's, Saturday that's night. That's right. Um, Independiente got a, a 2-2 draw away to Tacheres de Córdoba with a couple of goals from um, Rofi Montenegro, Daniel Montenegro. Uh-huh. And just last night, um, Huracan were at home to Brandy Adrogué, who at the side, <coughs> listeners will remember, who beat Independiente on the opening Should weekend of the season. Yeah. And they managed a uh, Brandy Androgay managed a one nil. Very good team, Bra- Bra- yeah. Yeah. Very, very solid, good. very organised. I've caught nothing of them since that first independent. Oh, they they won the promotion for the for a, for a promotion yeah. in against Amagro. Amagro, yep. Oh, uh, okay. Against Amagro. Um, and Shoel Barbosa, fantastic name, uh, got the, the winning goal with about ten minutes to go. And this you is sent for uh, Joel Riches. Well, yes, yeah. and also I mean, <laughs> the surname in itself is, is quite magnificent. But, uh, any Joel in Argentina is, is always welcome, as listeners know. Um, and this leaves Huracan now. We, uh, Fede and I were looking for, through just uh, before Dan got here. They've lost the last five in a row. Um, mm-hmm. And they're a, they're a, a, they're, their overall record is three wins and seven mm-hmm. defeats, I believe. They, so they are, actually had a pretty good start. It's just been those indeed, yeah, five defeats. From, from the first, the, in the first yeah. five games, they won three of them and, and lost the other yeah. two. But both away. And I in, think they're both away. In the B Nacional, that sort of championship, getting on that form. Yeah. No, it's it's very weird that the that the technical that like uh, uh, Turco Mohamed it means for Rakan like Carlos Bianchi in Boca mm. means like yeah. uh, Ramon Diaz in River, Coco Basile in Ra. Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. Figure, yeah. And, and yet now we've after got... after ten games of 42, 42 games. Or yeah. Only we are only ten Not games. Even one quarter of the way, in, yeah. Yeah, there are only two ten games, and there is seven or, or nine uh, ten coaches lost their job mm. in in the national. And, and Mohamed, incredible. Mohamed, we should clarify, has not lost his yet, but he has got uh, groups of Orakan fans. It says here on Olay uh, uh, asking for him to be fired. Um, which, bearing in mind the standing that Fede has just mentioned that he has within the club, is oh he resigned. Yeah, oh. he he resigned. He resigned. He resigned. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so, sorry. I was uh, completely misinterpreting what I was reading on the page mm. uh, just above there, where it says "presencial despedida." I thought they were asking for for it. It looks like there was a bit of a fight it. as well. Um, so there we go. Mohamed is out of Orakan. I was uh, that was not what I was expecting to be saying at the beginning of this this little section. Uh, so that's confused things a little. I think the thing about the B Nacional, like moving on suddenly, like you got these big teams, say Independiente, Orakan, also Ferro, who are right down there. Mm. And if Sam would do me the the favour of going back to the and table a second, if you look at the top five as well, you got Defensa and Justicia first with eight wins in ten, and the, the team who are named after a bus line. Yeah, and then Manfield. Yeah, Manfield. You say Manfield yeah, has it. Uh, has yeah. yeah. But then the next three: Crucele del Norte, 
Atlético Tucumán en Cruzado de Norte de Misiones en el estadio Néstor Kirchner ¿no? <laughs> yeah, y al estadio Cristina Fernández de Kirchner. Pues sí, Cristina o Néstor. Ah, Cristina. So yeah, I mean, certainly Andresita. Definitely three of those top five would be really quite surprising to see no, the Primera Atlético. The, the first two were uh, even them. Were some some far above the, the rest. The, mm. the first two with yeah, Defensa Justicia 25, Banfield 23, yeah. uh, Cruzado Norte. Now there's a fight for the third position with 18 with Atlético Tucumán and 17 for the Sportivo Vergano. Also, I, I just looking at that, Cruzado del Norte third. They've scored so nine yeah. in, in so seven matches. Yeah. But the goals, how on earth are they third? They've scored fewer than half of the number of goals that Banfield have got. That's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> But then the other teams with them, 10, 10, 11. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's... It's four, of course, which is... No, the Ben National Championship is it's very, it's very closer about the, the teams... Uh, you got a four, four, five or, or six teams yeah. could be proved to, to the Primera. Mm. Yeah, it's a very tough division. I just I would like to have a look as uh, so far Defensivo DC have won eight of their ten matches, and I'd just like to have a very quick look at who those have been against, um, because if they're against the the bottom dwellers, as it were, it's not slightly less. Beat. Well, they had. Patronato, Brown, the Androgay, Boca Unidos, Aldo Civi, Atletico Tucumán. They've beaten Huracan, which is not so much. They've beaten Michelin. So a lot of those sides are in the bottom half, but equally there are a couple. Yeah. Got Boca Unidos, Brown, the Androgay. Established side. Now, the only mm -hmm. one they've lost to were second place Banfield, yeah. managed of course by Matias Almeida this season, um, who perhaps is is he rehabilitating his managerial reputation? Well, I don't think it really the, um, did it take that much of a knock at, at River. I think it did purely because yeah. it was River rather than because he actually did badly, yeah. as I said when he was. When I he mean, was still we had he had um, a champion, you know, a championship winning yeah. season in the B, and then. He got them to what sixth in the table in Premier League. Yeah. Nothing that's more than respectable. Like, mm. I don't think. No, no, I, would, I, would, I personally would agree, but I think that there are a lot of people really? uh, within the Argentine footballing community mm -hmm. uh, who wouldn't purely because he didn't win the title with River. basically. Uh, it's, it's the expectations thing more than anything. Yeah. Um, so yes, interesting yeah. stuff. Independiente crits crit back up the table. Independiente in the number nine. Position. Independiente have, have overall have won three, drawn five, lost two, but they haven't lost any of the last five since Omar Felipe came in. Independiente, I think, have won. Uh, actually, is it six? Lost, now? I think they've, they've lost one since then. No, I think he's, he's unbeaten as manager. Um, they've. No, the first one he lost, I think. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he, he, he was. He was made manager officially like a day before the Atletico Tucumán match, which they lost 2-1, but then since then mm -hmm. they've uh, won three and drawn three. Yeah. So they're, they're going well. Um, and I think For, uh, first the Felipe game was a loss. But, uh, yeah. but, but uh, after that, he, yeah. he, he did a loss at the, the game. Moving back up to the Primera, we'll very quickly go over the results from the weekend. Uh, Andres and I spoke last week about the fact that there have been remarkably few away wins um, in this season and it's proved to be so again in the last I, I'm going to double check this before uh, uh, finalising the podcast but in the <coughs> where is it in the last uh, four rounds of matches so that's the last 40 matches in the Primera um, we have had oh it is a couple more than I thought it was going to be in fact but we've had five um, away wins in the last mm. four rounds 125 goals locales against 59 uh, away away teams yeah so over twice the number Double. yeah um, 
Which really it backs up. What this is and this is a very interesting statistic as well for the penalties. Fourteen at home, four away. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Andres and I were saying last week that there were very very few away wins in round seven. We didn't have a single one. We had eight home wins and two draws. Uh, last week, Mystic Sam didn't predict any away wins, and there was there was only one. Um, so there you go. We'll get on to which side that was. So we say in the initial Premier Division is becoming almost predictable. Um, <laughs> if you're prepared to put a little bit of thought into it, then I think so. Yeah, because the other the other stat that, that no. we mentioned last week um, was that there were, uh, last week there were only two sides, sorry, three sides who'd, who'd won more than one away game, and that is still the case. San Lorenzo and Niels have got three each. Arsenal have got two, and the most anybody else has got is one. There are a few sides who've only managed one, um, but still, only half of the league has actually managed to win away from home at all. Better, you look like there you no, no, but well, this, the, I, it caught me the attention about the, the penalty kicks uh, for the for the visitors. It's more localist uh, uh, referee. More, yeah, more, definitely. Yeah, it's banning the visitors. Uh, well, it has, be, has to be with that. But at the same time, the the visiting sides, if they're playing more defensively, then that could no, be no, be, be, because the the, the, the fans uh, they are screaming with this. There, there is a fall or in the penalty area. It's 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 more easy to 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 to, to overturn a, a call for the referees. It's an yeah. interesting statistic. It'd be look, interesting to look back at it and see what the ratio was. Um, the ratio for the Thonel when there was away fans and the, the ratio yeah. during the Thonel final there were roughly there was almost one whole um, away win more per mm-hmm. weekend yeah. and and I think two or one and a half draws more so mm-hmm. far for your home wins and on penalties look, on penalties have any, I don't have an idea we can get it up here in fact ah. so the results were awaiting indeed this this weekend uh, what we've just had looking back was a, a 1-0 win for Arsenal against Godoy Cruz we had uh, all boys in Central drew 1-1 in an interesting match not a thriller um, but that one was it's going to take a while to load now isn't it no it's a, a great uh, Arsenal performance be after scoring a goal, it's, he he. They are very very. They are they are very tough to to. Three three goals conceded in the opening nine matches. Yes. Uh, for us, and I've got only Cruz has only conceded four before before that mm-hmm. game, so I don't think it's any surprise that it was low scoring. Um, all boys, um, the 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 most. Uh, well, the biggest surprise for that match actually was that All Boys scored after half time again for the second home game in a row um, because their, their second half performance over the whole of this season so far has been absolutely woeful. Uh, Maron Matos gave them the lead three minutes into the second half. Federico Carrizo equalised for Central a few minutes, well, 20 or 18 or so minutes later. And then Gonzalo Espinosa was sent off for an absolutely horrible tackle with about a quarter of an hour to go. Well, tackle is, is being very generous to him actually. He, he stamped two footed on. on Antonio Medina's knee and she was mm, quite yeah. rightly sent off Estudiantes nil Venice nil we had uh, an impressive win for San Lorenzo against Gimnasia mm-hmm. 3-0 um, Rafaela beat Olimpo 2-0 in, in Rafaela Newell's got a 2-0 win against Argentinos Tigre got a 1-0 win against Colón Belgrano Sunday was basically a bunch of home wins followed by one surprise um, Belgrano beat Racing 3-0 as Dan has already mm-hmm. mentioned Boca beat Quilmes 2-0 and then River somehow managed an away win um, against Lanús in the, the preview to the uh, the Copa Sudamericana semi-final mm-hmm. series that we're going to have towards the end of the month I'm going to go on record now and say watch out for River because I've seen them in the last basically the last two games um, and you're still saying watch out for them yeah no this is why 
They have charged up the Copa Sudamericana. Oh, the Sudamericana. They played pretty meh, pretty mediocre and ground out a 2-0 win against Lanús. They again played very mediocre and got a 1-0 win. These are the teams that win the title. Yeah. Like, never, never write off a team that wins ugly. Personally, I think it's going to be Newell's. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Newell's. Yeah, but um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Indeed. Um, the Super Classico no. is going to be the in, the in the way that the teams are playing the, there are two two solid candidates like News of Boys and San Lorenzo and uh, there is a, a few a, sides who you wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they yeah, yeah but it, yeah. after that is there's five or six teams that could improve and in, in that lot are Boca, River and Gimnasia uh, Instead that the three nil defeat about after San Lorenzo. Yeah. Interesting to see three of the big five in the top five as well. Yeah, it's for been the first a while time since we've seen that. Sometimes. Yes. Um, of course, the the other two of them are very much not. But um, no, that's, we've already talked about it. <laughs> um, any of the results, obviously, apart from the fact that we had one away win do any of those other results really stand mm-hmm. out to you guys did you particularly enjoy any of those matches Dan we obviously know that you didn't enjoy Belgrano or Racing no but I did enjoy very much watching watching Niels yes played a fantastic yeah. game we always enjoy watching yeah. Niels another goal for Maximo Rodriguez uh, against the defence no, that's as, as tight in the side who are as careful away from home as Argentinos I think Niels knew that they had to score the, the second goal of Picante Pereira against Racing it was it's amazing amazing a golazo yeah <laughs> Spicy, um, you couldn't say the goals. Indeed, indeed you could. Um, to take it back to, to Rosario, uh, Maxi Rodriguez scored very early on, well, very early, 20 minutes in, relatively <laughs> early when you're playing Argentinos, um, to give Newell's uh, 1-0 lead, very well taken goal as well. And then he missed a penalty as well. He did, he had a penalty save. Right yeah, a penalty that, he did have a penalty that, that form. You don't think? No, no. Okay, I, I didn't see the foul, so I'll have to take your word for it. But a uh, bad, bad, bad call about the, the referee, the referee Sibatuko. Yeah, who yeah. uh, completely, he didn't have a great second half, certainly. And then Pablo Perez, um, 25 minutes into the second half, wrapped it up for Newells with a shot that, did you see it? That Migliore completely failed to hold. Yes. Oh, Migliore's yeah. his body. After, so, after then, so we won the penalty and just fucked it with that. And it seemed like about the tenth shot that Perez had taken from outside the box <laughs> at the match. Yeah. Like he'd, he'd screwed all of them over the crossbar or wide of the post or straight into the goalkeeper's hands. Yeah, really horrific. So to see that one wriggle through was, was quite, well, amusing for those of us who don't like Migliore, <laughs> which is pretty much everybody. I, I, I can't imagine why. What reason have you got for not liking that scam? Well, indeed. indeed. <laughs> um, San Lorenzo against Ignacio impressed me as well. Uh, Nicely mm. taken goals from Ignacio Piatti. He scored twice. Pablo Alvarado got the. It was second. something like Alvarado's second professional goal in 190 games. Really? And it was a cracker, right? It was. It was yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gonzalo Verón played it's very well. On the same level as Samosa's goal the other the other mm. week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gonzalo Verón played very very well. Correa also too. Um, they don't seem to be hurt too much by the fact that they haven't signed this uh, replacement for Calderucio, do they? I don't mm. think they really, really need well one. Like they've got so yeah. much depth. I mean, you had Vishabo on the bench. Yeah. And, and this kid, Cavallaro, as well. Yeah. Who, and apparently they've got another kid who, who Pizzi has said is, is going to be shouldering some of the burden. Vishadi as well, who came off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of depth there. Yeah. And plus, with I think, with, um, with Pizzi's formations as well as tactics, like, they don't particularly need uh, an out-and-out centre-forward. Like It's all about kind of the mobility, yeah. you know, with the creative players. He's players as well out wide who are so quick and really um, really put pressure on the other team. Like, 
yeah. that's where San Lorenzo have been good. And obviously, you know, if you've got someone like Calderucho in the middle to to pipe home the goals, then even better. But absolutely, yeah, they can they can make a... they can make do without it. I think. Is, yeah. uh, no, at the, at the same time as the Newell's Argentinos match, or, or almost at the same time, it was what 15 minutes afterwards, or, or something like that. Um, Tigre were playing Colón. There was a very, very peculiar scheduling decision by the AFA on oh, Sunday. We had five, mess. five matches, and they managed to get four of them completely overlapping, and then have a, like a one and a half hour break before Lemos yeah. v River. Um, so it was impossible to between Newell's Argentinos kicking off and Boca v Quilmes ending, which was the fourth match of the weekend. It was impossible to just watch all of the matches in their entirety. As a result, fortunately, Newell's Argentinos watching Newell's was possible rather than watching the first half of Tigre v Colón, um, which by all accounts was awful. It didn't involve a single shot on target. It was driven, Everybody driven. who was watching it on no, my Twitter stream, which was very few people, were making a point of saying how poor it was. And in the second half, <laughs> the world turned upside down. Everything went absolutely crazy. Ramiro Leone scored quite early on for Tigre. I think that's his second, second goal in two home matches for Tigre. Um, the only goal of the match, as it turned out to be, Sergio Araujo had been sent off five minutes mm-hmm. before that um, to put Tigre down to ten men. So ten-man Tigre take the lead. And then Colón, just three red cards over the last half hour or so, was it? Uh, 20, 25 minutes. Absolutely insane. Maxi Caire, first of all, sent off. Then Ruben Ramirez was sent off for swinging a punch at somebody or something. Like, there wasn't really any... <laughs> yeah, I know. Just lost his right hand. Nothing to deny that this was a red card defence, and he went absolutely ballistic no. at the referee when he saw the no. card. But and then Lucas Landon, you're in stoppage time. But take that look that Argentine time, Argentine teams that can can uh, improve with a uh, main advantage. Mm. Mm. No, in in, in that time, there's much here, it's, it? it's very tough to to Argentine teams to to improve to to take advantage of the one more one more man in, on the beach. Mm. It's true. Because a lot of teams, as soon as they lose a man, they really they put no, everyone behind the goal. No, because the, the, the yeah. team that uh, has down to ten men, uh, they go go more back yeah, to, to to their their penalty area, and uh, teams with one more uh, one more man don't can't go. No, they seem to panic but, almost. But yeah. That, having said that, the, the side who are down to ten drop off. It's worth remembering that whilst Colón had the one-man advantage, it's mm-hmm. not a case of Colón yeah. were, no. were just struggling to break down Tigre. Tigre actually no. took the lead. Yeah. Even though course. they had the one-man <laughs> pure, it's, it's quite. That, 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 that's more. That's more crazy about. And then, of course, Colón had uh, they completely lost their rag towards the end. And as we say, uh, Lucas Landa sent off with, with about three minutes to go, having, having seen that Ruben Ramirez sent off prior to that. I actually missed Kyrie's red card, um, so I thought that Ramirez's red card had taken Colón down to mm-hmm. ten men, um, because I was watching the, the Newell's Argentinos game when Kyrie mm-hmm. got sent off. Um, but yeah, very, very... A, a second in a row, really, Tigre home match that was just bizarre to watch on TV, because, of course, the previous one was that uh, mm-hmm. 3-0 um, win against a 2 no win against Central two weeks previously um, which was very difficult to watch on television because the, oh, the TV camera was actually yeah. covered in, in rain <laughs> no it's, um, uh, no, it's, it's no the, the TV uh, here in Argentina is not, not improving no, it's, it's, a, it's a mess it's a mess <laughs> really really, really. Um, Lanús uh, let, let's stick to Lanús and not mention River for the moment because of course we're going to be previewing the Super Classico in a few minutes yeah. we'll mention River there um, Lanús lost their tempers a bit towards the end of the 1-0 defeat to River there. very late goal from, from Gabriel Mercado bizarrely his second in ooh, three matches I think it is because uh, he scored against was it Arsenal as well yes mm-hmm. Arsenal 
Didn't you um, score in the lo- before the last podcast I was on? Because I mentioned that oh, Sammy Tony's oh, goal right, scorer. Yeah. So it's his second in three after games. Racing, yeah. Possibly it's his third of the season overall. Um, very late goal from from him. 89th minute, 90th minute goal. After which Lanus lost lost their temper a bit. They were, it has to be said, goaded by their former player Theo Gutierrez, who. Mm-hmm. Uh, Came in quite hard a couple of times, not just once, on Paolo Gonz. Oh, yeah, he played for Lenos, didn't he? And One game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Pablo Diaz, um, the referee. Yeah, the uh, very confirmation. Failed to notice this. There, there were also Lanus players afterwards claiming that when uh, Mercado scored, that Diaz started shouting out, Goal! <laughs> which, I, even for an Argentine referee, I struggle to believe that. So this um, was one game where Ramon Diaz. Could be a relation of Pablo Diaz. We're not going to speculate. <laughs> yeah, he could be a cousin, but yeah. I'm not going to say. Uh, this is one game he wasn't complaining about the the referees. No, Guillermo Barros Esquiloto certainly was, which was quite amusing because Andres just last week was pointing out that Barros Esquiloto always mm-hmm. liked to argue with referees when he was a player, yeah. and he got sent off in stoppage time for doing precisely that. Um, following that that horrible, uh, well, sort of set two between Gutierrez and, and Goltz. Um, and Augusto Solari, who entered, that's Santiago's son, right? That is, yes. yes. Yeah, it's either his son or his nephew or something, I forget yeah. exactly which, but yeah, I think it's his son um, for for River yeah. in, in the midfield. Uh, so would you say it's um, a big boost? I guess we can start talking about the Super Classico now. It's got to be a big boost for River having Balanta back. Looks like he played very well. I thought that we could uh, just play some music to divide things up before we talk Fair about enough. the Super Classico, so here it is. your question I think it is a huge boost you still remember my question after that 30 minute musical interlude I can I can indeed Um, there were heart in mouth moments for River fans during the second half when not only Balanta but also Marcelo Barovero about 10 minutes later Mm. went down injured Um, fortunately both were able to conclude the match and neither of them are going to miss the Super Classico Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah having Balanta back just makes a huge difference to River's defence it's you know the the drop off from Uh him to Bottinelli no, the fir- first Lanús played after the Balantas out. There is a there is a play, a, a, a play with the Lanús going through the Balantas place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, River just didn't. Manage it's to. very important for 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 Ramon Diaz's defense. Yeah. Mm. Very important. It's, um, it's the man of the defense of the River defense. Absolutely. I, I think what what could be. More important for River, if anything, is as you mentioned, down the fact that suddenly River is starting to grind out results. And okay, the football yeah. isn't isn't brilliant, but they're they're getting them, often with late goals as well. Yep. Which could be really crucial, given that Boca have got approximately 723 defenders injured at the moment. Um, they're playing with, I think, a three-year-old and his pet dog, etc. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say. I mean, looking at the two teams at the moment, you got to say that um, River have by far got their best defence, but. Um, offensively and creatively, you've got to put Boca on top. Having said that, now uh, Gago and Riquelme are fit. You got Chiliotti, yeah. who scored two at the weekend, right? Um, he did. On top, yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting uh, match up there. Kind of a very strong attack that Boca have got, uh, coupled with a pretty, well, 
uh, non-existent defence, and then Rivers' defence, which is now, you know, they haven't conceded a goal in at least three games, and uh, you know they got Balanda back, and but coupled with an attack which really doesn't convince me much, when I think it hangs a lot on Lancini, and if yes. he decides to turn up. Fortunately, Lancini's been in very good form lately. Yeah. Um, but you wonder, you know, but wearing that number ten shirt in a in a Super Clasico is, you know, a big big pressure for anyone. Obviously, yeah. we know that Rakimi, and you know, he shouldn't mm-hmm. be able to handle it by now. But it's going to well, be interesting you know, for Lancini to it's, take it's, the team on his shoulders. It's worth remembering, of course, that in the last uh, Super Clasico, Lancini scored the fastest goal in Super Clasico mm-hmm. history. Yeah. Um, Forty-six seconds. Yes, maybe. indeed. Uh, River have not conceded. At home, oh, for two, well, in fact, they haven't conceded in two matches, and they haven't conceded at home um, for two home games either. They've conceded one goal in the last four, so the defence, as you say, is, is doing very well. Um, of course, it's more than that if we include the, the win against uh, Liga de Loja in the Sudamericana, it's three matches in a row. Uh, Boca's injury list for this weekend at the moment is Emilian, Emmanuel Insua, who's a fullback, isn't he? Daniel Diaz, who's the main centre back. Uh, Paredes, who's a long term absentee. Daniel Diaz. Cristiano Herbes, Ribeiro Rodriguez. Of those six, four of them are defenders. Well, um, Rodriguez, because Ribeiro Rodriguez, Rodriguez is out. Def- definitely. Uh, Marine also out. Cristiano Herbes also out. It's uh, yeah. the second week of his uh, hamstring uh, uh, injury. And Daniel Diaz, uh, he, uh, they were. Daniel Diaz here. is probably going to play. He's probably has me, yeah. Yeah. Um, how fit is he's going to be exactly for it is another matter. But uh, having mentioned River, we should, of course. Mention um, Boca, Boca's win over Quilmes. 2 0 win, two very well taken goals from Gigliotti. As Dan says, the first one, yeah. not much as much as the, the Bostero haters on hand the pot, uh, we hate to admit it, but <laughs> gloriously, gloriously assisted by Riquelme. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've got to say, I'm not any no, I'm no, not a fan of Boca by any stretch, but no. I really love seeing Gago and Riquelme in the same team. Indeed. That's a joint. It was the first time they played together, wasn't it? Yeah. The first time they played together. For more in Boca. They they have played in the Argentine Argentine uh, squad. Yeah. For in Copa America and uh, in the qualifiers, uh, in the qualifiers yeah. and in the Olympic Games of Beijing. Ah, of course. And they yeah, they they made the, well. they won the gold medal. Yeah. Um, and and Riquelme's assist in the first was a, a pass from I think it was uh, Sanchez Mino, wasn't it? And then Sanchez Mino. Riquelme sort of Sanchez, yes. up with his standing yeah. leg, and then before the ball had hit the ground, he turned, swiveled and hit a pass over his shoulder mm-hmm. almost towards to, to Gigliotti and just the, the moment that it left Riquelme's boot you could tell it was going to be a goal it was that much sort of even though it wasn't exactly right down the middle one-on-one yeah. on one with the keeper yeah. but you, you just knew it, it was, it no, was no. a beautiful pass no. um, Fede you pay more attention to, to Boca than, than yeah. either of us too so no, no. No, what we have you made of them this season? No, no, we can we can say about uh, the, the, there is a problem for scoring goals for now after uh, after the this this weekend's two goals from Gigliotti and there's more five seats or seven uh, goal attempts for Boca mm-hmm. and they score one two uh, Bianchi uh, Carlos Bianchi uh, talk about that and he said. That there is, they had, they, they will go, will, will improve in, in the efficiency about that, the accuracy yeah. about that. The thing is, but I mean, you say this, but of course, they, uh, they've scored. 
12 goals. They are the, One of the highest scorers fourth, the joint, joint fourth, joint fifth highest scorers in the league. They've scored four more than River. The real problem for me for Boca has been the defence, which has just been yeah. shocking. They've scored 12 and no, 11. Because there is uh, four, injury, four injuries in that four games. They have always had to change the, the defence. They also, uh, Christian Herbes out with an injury. He uh, entered for. Uh, he played. Uh, uh, Christian Mendes played for yes. for him, yeah. and now the 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 injury of uh, the injury of uh, uh, Ribeiro Rodriguez, mm. and it will be it, it will enter for Catarias. Catarias will enter for him, or Catarias will go to the four position mm. in in the left in the in the left you know, in the right. And sorry, uh, the, yeah, the four in, 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 in Argentina in, in, being the number two yeah, in England, there, yeah, the right back. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, it will enter Caruso or Chico, Caruso with Chiqui Perez in the saga in the in the in the middle. Yeah, it will be and in the scale more four four one one in the in the forward with the exit of Martinez and get a, a midfield a, a midfield more more combative midfield war mm. uh, uh, is 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 the is the options that the, that Carlos Bianchi are are focusing but I think that he will not going to 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 touch the team. I, I think that no. Martinez will will play in next next Sundays, and he he uh, Boca needs the the win. He needs the three points because uh, Newson Boys has four. Emerging for four four points. Boca has fourteen and and no well, uh, yeah. uh, Excuse me. Boca has sixteen points and Newson Boys has twenty and they had play against each other. News won 3-2 and uh, Boca has to play to 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 act to to get the margin more 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 closer uh, to the end of the tournament. And because Boca needs the court to to win to win the championship to get into the next Copa Libertadores. There is a the crowd the, the people in Boca uh, have, uh, needs to 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 get into the Copa Libertadores. Yeah. And, um, the, and the only possibility for Boca to get into the Copa Libertadores is win the championship. No, no other, no, no other chance than, than that. Yeah, you're right. River, if they don't win the championship, can be in the Libertadores if they they beat Lanús in the quarterfinal of the Copa. No, if, if, they, if, they, if they don't yeah. want uh, um, Lanús, they had more chances to to get into. Yeah. If if San Lorenzo yeah. wins Copa Argentina and championship uh, for the yeah. 20, 2012 and 2013 uh, table, uh, can go. Into. Of course, yes, I've forgotten about that as well. Um, it's worth mentioning, uh, having said, of course, that the Boca's defence has been awful. They actually haven't conceded in the last three games. Yeah. But none of those, in my opinion, at least, have been against particularly impressive attacking sides. Uh, Except. I can very much set out to, yeah. uh, to, to, to get the point um, and have, have dropped off in, in the attack a lot. Racing, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. a shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a clean sheet at home to Kilo. Yeah, clean sheet. Clean it's not sheet. bad, but I don't think it's particularly No, no, except, except Olimpo has. Uh, he must have scored five goals from nine matches. Yeah. So yeah. Except Olimpo that uh, there is scored three against. Um, it scored three against the the Blanca. and Orion has 350 minutes with a clean sheet. Mm. The last goal, the last goal scored 
uh, virus Cardani in the in, of course the, right sorry yeah, what you're saying is that because yeah. uh, Tripoli was in goal Tripoli, Tripoli were in so, the yeah. were in the <laughs> because Orion was off with the national team for that yeah. one wasn't it that's, that's exactly what yeah, happened yeah, yeah. Game, right um, it's going to be the other thing that's interesting, Dan already mentioned that we've got three of the top of the big five in the top five at the moment, which is unusual. And of course, it's pretty unusual in, in recent seasons. When was the last time that we had a Super Classico where both River and Boca are up at the right end of the table, as it were? Because they always happen at about this point in the season. Yeah. And for years and years and years, they've both no, won 208, 207. Yeah. Because after River won has last championship in. 208 there were um, bad bad campaigns uh, bad, bad results mm. and they didn't uh, uh, enter to, into the international competition yeah. and then with the bad results uh, they go to, to the relegation Indeed. and Boca didn't did, did not uh, uh, go very well but they improved in the uh, apertura 20 and 11 with uh, mm -hmm. with winning the championship without a, a loss but uh, the river was exactly. in second division um, so although it's, it, it might not be particularly pretty particularly given that the river strength lies mm -hmm. in, in defense and that Boca's attack away from home um, is, is slightly less impressive. They have not scored an away goal in the league since mm -hmm. the opening weekend of the season. Well, since the mm -hmm. second weekend of the season, because yeah. of course they didn't. Uh, no, no, well, what's the, the first game? What's um, the first game? Yeah, yeah. yeah they've lost. Nil, 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 nil three away to a Estudiantes. Sorry, nil two away to a nil three away to Olimpo, of course, and then nil nil in the last away game against Argentinos. For which reason, I think I make River just very narrow favourites. But the really interesting thing, as I say, is. Is that it's, it, it almost feels like a super classico again? Okay, it's not mm. first against second, or first against third, or second no. against third. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's two different sides game. who actually feel like they're in the race all of a sudden. No, so particularly particularly if River win, they'll be one point clear of Boca. Um, potentially they'll be third and, and fourth. It will depend on, on Arsenal's result. The same, sorry, third and fifth. It will depend on Arsenal's result the same weekend. Um, but suddenly they feel like protagonists again. But the big question, Sam, Go on, I think the question that everyone in uh, the hand of Pod World wants to know is, will there be away fans? I don't think there will. Because but it is a question that's worth asking. Because uh, as uh, we saw yesterday, it was um, the NGO that are against football violence. It was a little surprising to see them do this. Let's say football. They presented an injunction to... Um, to the Argentine court asking for a, a temporary lifting of this um, suspension on visiting fans. It wasn't only for the Super Classico, by the way. Mm -hmm. They actually do it for all matches, but they use the Super as, as yeah. the the, uh, the reason for it, obviously. And, and the logic is, is sound, supposedly. Um, the the away fans are there to prevent violence in football, mm -hmm. even though, as we mentioned every week on Hand Pod, violence in Argentine Stadium is always between fans of Barras of one club and Barras of the same club. It's, it's yeah. very, very, yeah. very Not rare that it's always, home always, but yeah, Not always, but it's, it's pretty yeah. rare that it's home. No, estudiantes fans, gimnasia fans, well, Barras. Yeah. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. Um, but the point that, that Sam and our football were making was was that Rivers Barra are going to be allowed into the stadium because they're the yeah. home. Yeah, supporters. yeah, it's home. But uh, 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 the way that they put it was a, a peaceful. Father and son. I heard about supporters can't go because they. I heard about many uh, Boca fans will get into the Monumental Stadium 
I'm sure some are, yeah. Mm. Without, uh, without, obviously, without uh, any uh, yellow and uh, blue shirts, but uh, they will be in silence watching the game. And we will see what, 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 will, uh, what will happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll, I'm looking forward. It's going to be my, my first Super Classic. Um, yeah, yeah, the tickets are very expensive. The tickets are 800 pesos, the platea. Yeah, 800. And they, officially, they've eight, officially, eight. they've all sold out, and now the resale prices they're saying is, is up to 2,000 pesos, which is um, which is a lot. Uh, the what's the blue market rate for the dollar? I'm just under 10, so it's almost getting two, on for it's around 200 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a lot of money, um, and I've, I'm not paying uh, that amount. I'm not in, in fact paying for my ticket at all. Thank you to the very generous people at Landing Pad BA who uh, have given it me partly. In return for for a plug, landingpubba.com for all of your Argentine football ticketing needs and indeed anything else touristy that you want if you're coming down here. So look for that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've never been to a super before. Yeah, I'm slightly spoiled by the fact that there aren't going to be any away fans who are actually allowed to act like away yeah. fans. The atmosphere is <laughs> not going to be quite the same, I realise. But still, it's a super classical. I'm going to be treating myself to a new river shirt, I think, before I go along. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. And I look forward to reporting back on Hunter Pod there next we week. Mm. Um, anything it's else to add about the super? No. No, it's, it would be a very good game. It has Cago, it has uh, Riquelme. For in the other side will be Teo Gutierrez. It's a Colombia, uh, Colombia national squad. There's Lanzini, Andrada. Very, very good, very good players. And one player, I, expect, I expect that. One player from the River point of view who I'm looking forward to seeing in the Super is Matias Kranevita. Because yeah. um, he's one of the players I, I hate to blow my own trumpet. Is like it is doubtful with uh, will it Canavita or uh, Carbonero? I think Canavita is going to get the the nod because Carbonero has been fairly uh, hot <laughs> and cold. Um, but Canavita is one of the players I mentioned at the start of the season that I was looking forward to from what I heard about him in the reserves. So I was looking forward to seeing him in the first team this season. He's been getting a few chances, particularly the last couple of weeks, and he's looked decent to me so far. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been in the in mm-hmm. in uh, the the media. In the last couple of days, saying you know he can't wait to try and get his teeth stuck into marking Riquelme and Gago, yes. and he'll basically do whatever he needs to do, mm. whatever um, Ramon Diaz asks him to do, and, and he's a very very promising young number five sort of deep line midfielder um, for for River, perhaps slightly more cerebral. Let's say he's not exactly the new Mascherano; he's a bit more mm-hmm. creative than that, yeah. uh, but plays in a similar position, if not a similar role. So I'm looking no, forward to seeing. No, him. that was more more creative, that more more creative, more. Yeah. He, they, they, he, he could uh, put a player between the between the goalkeeper, uh, in, and there is a very good, very good, very good feed, very good, very crass, very crassy, very crass player. It's mm. it's amazing player. Uh, we he can't go through into Europe. But uh, the the class from of Gago is is amazing. It's amazing. It's a jump quality about. <laughs> Somebody put on Twitter a couple of days ago that they couldn't understand what Gago was still doing in Argentina and that it was a wasted talent. And no. I, I just I had to reply and point out, you know that he's in Argentina because of his kid, right? It's not. <laughs> he could no. still be playing. For, <laughs> no, no. He could still be playing in Europe if he wanted to, but he yeah. he wanted to move back to, to Buenos Aires and resigned a load of money to do it. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suggests certain things maybe about his footballing ambition, but at the same time, uh, it's yeah. not as if he's lacking in talent. I think you can fault him yeah. at all. Um, the other point, of course, about this this Super Clásico is that it's. Ramon Diaz against mm-hmm. Carlos Bianchi again. It is the second competitive one of the year, of course, that, yeah. that has had these two managers. But they're both going some at the moment. Particularly, the main thing has been Riquelme against Diaz, with Riquelme saying, if I was a River fan, I wouldn't yeah. be happy at all. Uh, Ramon Diaz saying, well, 
the River fans seem perfectly happy to me, which um, suggests that Ramon Diaz has been closing his eyes and sticking his fingers in his ears and singing la 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 a bit, because um, <laughs> I don't think Rivers fans are. But with the no. results coming, the no, no, Ramon Diaz spoke. He, he has spoken about into the media, give a press conference, and he he said about uh, the referee in this in, in this weekend. It will be it will be yeah, about you know. it will be the Fino. He don't want the Fino. I think that because uh, the Fino ejected him in last Superclassico. Of course he did. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, the German Dolphin. Yeah, 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 of course. Translates into <laughs> German Dolphin. German Delfino. Um, so, yes, but we've got uh, Diaz up on our screen at the moment uh, saying, I hope that it's that it's Aval. Or I know that nice it's going to be Aval, yeah. he, he says. Um, so, applying some pressure in the way that only Ramon Diaz can. Mm-hmm. We do wish he'd shut up sometimes. Yes, um, we really do. Indeed. Um, oh, one other thing, just to stoke the fires of this a little bit more, was that I've, I've said many times on Hand and Pod before that my my ex's mother who's a Boca fan mm-hmm. um, told me the first time I came to Argentina that she lived next door to Carlos Bianchi in the 70s when he was a young man mm-hmm. and that he was a big River fan and a mm-hmm. video has surfaced on YouTube very recently of Bianchi at the age of 19 when he was ah. coming through the Vélez youth ranks admitting that he'd love to play for River yeah. because he's a River supporter um, <laughs> and I don't think that the timing there, of this there, video coming out no, is that it's happened like a week and a half before no but happened. there's many histories about the idols from idols from River idols from Boca there's Cheering for the out for the other side, Ramon, uh, Daniel Pasarera, Daniel Pasarera, inclusive this, there's, uh, he, he has the, the the history that he's uh, really a Boca fan, and Indeed. now he's a hero of real plates in so the real plate side. This is how silly it gets that this stuff gets brought up in in Super Classical Week, mm-hmm. and I apologise for being silly and bringing it up, but um, I enjoyed it because it proved mm-hmm. me right. So I said it before, and people mocked me. Um, the next point on the agenda, now moving on from the Super Classico, of course if you're watching it the other thing to point out is, is that if you uh, uh, only watch one match of Argentine football per half season, then it's probably this one. Yeah, um, since Racing and Independiente won't be played, this has become the most important <laughs> match. <laughs> Indeed. And there are now, there are more ways than ever to watch Argentine football legally and free online. This isn't an, an advert that I'm giving, this is just something that I think listeners are going to want to be aware of. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, then you've already been aware for some months of the Deportivi um, stream, which is very unreliable. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes require multiple page refreshes, but does eventually get you a high-definition, non-geo-blocked um, stream of the Argentine uh, TV coverage from just about anywhere in the world. Um, what they started doing very recently as well, I don't really get the difference between Deportivi and Football para Todos, but whatever. I mean, anyway, they're all streaming it legally. Isn't Deport no. TV is a channel and no, Deport TV is a program? Oh, that could be it. The Football right. Paratos is the program. Yeah, and yeah. Deport, uh, Deport TV is the channel, but both of them yeah, are supported by the Gobierno Nacional. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the National Government. Football Paratos is, is the, the government program, as, yeah. um, as Fede says. And I would think they It's something a, like Match of the Day being on BBC One or BBC Two, let's say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, precisely. Um, and they, they do have some. I'm just going to check, but I'm, I'd be amazed if they're not showing it. River versus Boca, TV yeah, Pública, yeah. So if you yeah, go on Sunday, the, the kick-off yeah. time is 18.15 Argentine time. We are four hours behind British summertime and an hour ahead of Eastern uh, summertime if you're in the States. Um, so on Sunday afternoon, if you, at that time, head to futbolparatodos.com.ar and you 
look at the little menu of matches just below the main stories. They, they've got a sort of bar running across of all of the matches taking place that day. If you click on the details for Boca River, you will get a live YouTube stream that's high quality, high definition. It's only about 20 or 30 seconds behind the, the Argentine mm-hmm. TV signal if you're watching in Argentina. Um, and and it's, it's very fantastic. And it's not geoblocked. It's live to the whole world, and that's perfectly deliberate as well. The, the government are advertising it as live to the planet. Yeah. What the various rights holders for Argentine football internationally think of this mm-hmm. will remain to be seen. I suspect they're not aware of it, but they might well become aware of it on Super Classical Day. Um, but certainly if you're in the UK, check that out. It's 10.15 kick-off for UK listeners, because I've been told that the Super Classical isn't going to be televised live in the UK um, this, this mm. weekend, which is the first time in a while I think that that's happened that nobody's televising it. But there you go. Um, so take that as a recommendation. And next on the agenda... Very briefly, because we'll be previewing the World Cup qualifiers next week, of course. Um, but we should mention um, the the call-ups that were given to the national team yesterday by Alejandro Sabella. Most relevantly, and most excitingly, perhaps for many people, is the absence of Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. Why is that exciting? Because it opens up a new spot, and it opens up a chance to see how Argentina could play without Lionel Messi. He's injured, of course, um, having picked up an injury for Barcelona a few days ago. Um, and the call-up in his place is a 20-year-old kid called Mauro Icardi, mm-hmm. who I wrote a profile piece of on ESPN FC in January, um, when he was still playing for Sampdoria and doing very well in a relegation mm-hmm. friend side. He's doing even better now in, mm-hmm. uh, for Inter, Internazionale, and he's got his first Argentina call-up, and this is a huge story because there were lots of Argentines who were a bit worried that he was going to go to mm-hmm. Italy instead, even though he said multiple times, no, I want to play for Argentina. Um, this call-up, as long as he gets on the pitch, is going to mean that he's tied to Argentina. Feather, you're Argentine. Yeah. Are you excited about seeing Icardi? Yeah, 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 of course, but because there is a, it's a project for, for the future. It's, mm-hmm. more, it's more a project for the future. He has 20, 20 years old. Uh, yeah, Icardi. 20, yeah. yeah and, and, they, and he could improve into he can know about the, the work of Sabera, work of the national squad, the works into the AFA, and he and he can take a very good experience uh, into the the national squad in offic- in official matches. It's not yeah. an uh, it's not a, a friendly. It's, it's there is a there is. Uh, official matches. Yeah. They're at home to Peru uh, Friday next week, and then they're away, of course, to Uruguay in the the final round. Um, they have already qualified, so the pressure is is lifted slightly. Um, it's lifted completely. <laughs> well, yes, indeed. I suppose it's, it, no the seedings aren't even going to be affected, are they? By when they finish first or second. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to to see whether yeah. he gets on the pitch. I hope he plays. Cause I'm going to be going to the Peru match, so I really hope that that turned out to be his debut. Yeah, I hope he gets on as well. It'll be good to see him. Um, do you think he's got chances of going to the World Cup? Either of you? I Potentially, think. Yeah. If Sabella's thinking maybe taking an extra striker and he yeah. does well. I wouldn't put him as one of the favourites, I think. Because he's a very good... Palacio, Lavezzi, uh, Palacio Rodriguez are all ahead of him. Palacio played like a potato with legs during his last Argentina matches. And and Icardi is is very much, for me, he's not alternative to Higuain. If Higuain's out, Icardi's a similar shape and size, at least. So he's he's a similar, sort of, relatively, by Argentine standards, big man. He's about six foot two, I think, so he's not particularly enormous. We have the... Um, we have the best forwards in, in the planet, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I think but it's, 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 it's worth win. having somebody who can, who, if Higuain gets suspended or injured, who mm. can come in and play that similar role. Yeah. Because when Higuain was suspended uh, for the, the last match, it was the uh, Ecuador, Ecuador away game, yeah. um, they had to sort of 
jig around a little bit, and it, it I think it's worth having the options. To yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course, uh, there is, uh, of course, it has many chances to to get into and and show what has to 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 give to the squad. <laughs> no, the, I think that this his car is a very good player. It's a very good, uh, very good forward, and the, uh, he can help to to Argentine squad to to get into and improve uh, in in the forward in the forward in the forward line. Indeed. Um, very quickly to mention as well before we get on to questions, Sudamericana uh, ties. We've got Vélez against La Equidad on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. which will hopefully be after I manage to upload this podcast, but you never know, do you, really? You're all used to it mm-hmm. by now. Um, the Vélez lead 2-1 from the first leg. We already mm-hmm. know, of course, that Vélez have bought the Copa Sudamericana anyway, so mm-hmm. this isn't really worth mentioning, but you think they're going to go through? I think they'll manage to go yeah, through. I think they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two away goals against a not particularly impressive side no. um, from the first leg. And also on Wednesday night, we have the second semi-final of the enormously illustrious and, and uh, honourable Copa Argentina. It's being played in San Juan between All Boys and Arsenal, two sides mm-hmm. who've got about 53 fans between them. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how many manage to make the nearly 1,000-kilometre journey. Mm-hmm. Not too many. No, it's I... an interesting game, though. Look. The two pretty tough teams, um, kind of consistent performers over the last three years or so. So, you know, I think that I, I think that the uh, all boys has a, a, a little, a little, a little, little I advantage. Really, really hope that all boys do manage to win it. And they have the they have the, they have the, the actual manager. Well, yeah, like, they've got Falcioni, who's no stranger to winning trophies, but also, I mean, just. Can you imagine all boys in the Copa Libertadores? Hey, hey, if Arsenal played the, the Copa Libertadores, mm. Arsenal won the Sudamericana in oh, yeah. 2007. And Arsenal have, we knew Arsenal were going to do that at some point because they have the, the hey, help, let's say. It would be more weird if a uh, third tire like uh, Estudiantes of Cas- of Estudiantes de Caseros well, yeah, would Estudiantes. play the Copa Libertadores. Unfortunately, of course, they went out to San Lorenzo a few weeks ago, um, so they, they won't be doing But all boys in the Copa Libertadores, I think, would, would be glorious. And mm-hmm. we get the chance to have La Concha de tu Madre, all boys, some across <laughs> South America, yeah. not just in Argentina. It would be fantastic. Uh, we're going to just play a little bit of music now, and we'll come back and answer. We've only had a few uh, questions from listeners, so we will, we'll come back and answer them in a second. Uh, we've had a couple from, from Sebastian Garcia wishing Fede mm-hmm. good luck mm-hmm. on his hand of pod debut. Uh, Thank you for Sebastian. He's a very good, a very a very good Twitter account to follow. He's a very 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 good person. Very good indeed. We we love him, and in fact, you're you're doing gloriously as well, Fede. You're holding it together superbly. Well done. Um, Leo Russomano Russomano asks, uh, how who are the top three Super Classico performers on each side? Angela um, Bruna, Angela Bruna scored eighteen goals. Yeah. He's the top scorer of the Super Classicos. I think we're going, going to assume. I think that he means historically. Um, yeah, I was going to say. We know that Leo uh, keeps up to date, relatively up to date with with Argentine football via yeah. the pod. So I imagine that he's got some idea of who the key players are for this year. Um, 
Let's just have a look, because Olay have got a wonderful little pop-out. It unfortunately only covers the professional era, as these things always do, because football didn't happen in Argentina before 1931, <laughs> in spite of the fact that they got to a World Cup final before 1931. And, of course, Olay don't actually have any of the historical stats. I think it's an opinion. I think you're right, that yeah. La Bruna, uh, you'd have to mention Martin Palermo for Boca as yeah. well, I would guess, and arguably Riquelme, in fact. Yeah, Riquelme's got to be out there in as well. In spite of the fact that he's a current player. Then, and someone like Francesco Lee. Yes, quite possibly. Yeah. Feather, can you think of any? Let's on, just throw out some names side? and see what sticks. I'm just looking for the the, the Boca's top scorer in this into the Super Classicos. It's it's very tough to. It's got to be Palermo, hasn't it? No, I, I no Martin Palermo. I, I don't. I. It seems that there's a, another more. Got here on Wikipedia. Let's see. Angel Labruna yeah. for River and Oscar yeah. Mas for River are the two top yeah. scorers ever. And Paulo Valentim. Paulo Valentim, I. Paulo Valentim is a Brazilian. A Brazilian. Yes, which you can tell from his surname because ends with an M, not an N. Ten, ten goals. Uh, one more than Martin Palermo yeah. so yeah although oh, oh right they've got them in, that, that's in competitive matches um, he's scored nine in friendlies as well because the super classical friendlies get paid almost as much attention too mm-hmm. uh, and he was playing for Boca between 1960 to 1965 mm-hmm. um, we actually we got asked a question a few months ago about our, mm-hmm. uh, Brazilians playing in Argentina and he's, he's one of the most famous um, but yeah most of the well of the, well, of the top five, three of them are, are River players, so I'm going to cling to that. If, if <laughs> in the top five, there are ter- uh, three from River and mm. two for Boca. And Labruna's way out in front as well, isn't it? 16 in the next. No, oh, Labruna is. I mean, what, any uh, current players in that list, there are none at all. Nah, exactly. um, so it's going to take a while before Labruna is, um, is superseded. As, as got, the all time yeah. top scorer. And then you got Merlo, who played 42 Superclassicos for River. We've got Gatti who played for both, of course, 38 matches. The only player on all that list that figures is you know, someone who played Silvio, for both teams. The after yeah. Silvio Marcellini with 37, Silvio Marcellini has the record with the, with, with the Riquelme in games in, the, course, bo- yeah, in, the, in, the, in the Bombonera. We forgot to mention this, Riquelme equaled his record yeah, yeah. just the other day, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he equaled his record with 194 games in the Bombonera Stadium, in the, in the Bombonera. In the, he's an amazing record for, for him. They were cheer with a, with a plate for both of them. Yeah. Mm. There is a, a, a very, very good, very good, very good, very good stuff, very good, very good party. Very, it's amazing party. So is, is Riquelme going to claim the record outright at some point, or is he just going to spend the rest of his career being too injured to play another one? Because <laughs> it could no. be another six months before he's fit enough to play another home game. I think well, that uh, Riquelme has a contract at, uh, until twenty, until July, until July 2014. And I think that he will... You think he can squeeze in one more appearance? <laughs> Yeah, he he will he will he will sign another contract with Boca with another year or another another for more for more time and he will retire in Boca. I, I think that. I think that's probably a safe bet. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed that, that little look at the... Oh, sorry, no, shit, we're still answering questions, aren't we? What am I talking about? Uh, Huracan FC London say, what next to Huracan? Total chaos and freefall. I hope we don't drag Cafe into the mess. Any quick names, very, very quickly, because Dan's got to get going soon, um, to be thrown out into the Huracan No, I, think, I don't think Kappa will, will come back now. It'd be the worst Ka- move Kappa for said before teams. Mohammed uh, went back that he would be happy to go back to Huracan, but I'm not sure that he'd be quite I so think he's got to style and... I didn't, style I didn't around, care for more candidates. For for the for for coaching over the candies, it's a very difficult situation for them, and 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see the the the, the light in, into the tunnel. No, it's very hard to say. Uh, finally, Steve Harrison asked a question. That I think we've probably already answered. He asked how Mauro Icardi's inclusion in the national team has been received in Argentina. I think with yeah. relief more than anything. No, very, very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. thing around no, no. Icardi was no, no. Right, don't let him go to Italy. Don't let him go to Italy. I mean, they already let um, Osvaldo slip through the net. And yeah. I think he would be a great sport, squad player for the for the national team in Brazil. Um, but yeah, with Vicardi, they're not they're not going to let him slip through again. It was it was a worry a worry for the yeah, for, for fans about the, the the possibility of Vicardi going to into the Italian squad. But mm. now we, he, he he takes the 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 Messi's injury for in this in, into the precision the, into the precision moment for that. Yes, and it does just an just in this rather than a problem. If if Icardi has to to be called, is this moment? Mm, yeah. Okay. So. The next thing that you hear, Mystic Sam's theme music, and Mystic Sam's super classical weekend predictions. Here we go. Mystic Sam's been improving a bit recently. Four, five, and then six last weekend, mm. correct? Um, which I'm, I'm quite happy mm. with. So what I was saying the other week about away wins, I'm holding to this week. Um, Newell's and Aston are the only away wins I'm going to predict because they're the only teams who've managed more than... Well, two of the only three teams who've managed more than uh, one away win so far this season. So here we go. Argentinos to beat Belgrano at home. That is a game I shall be attending on Friday night. Newell's old boys to get an away win over Quilmes. I'm going for a draw in Olimpo versus Estudiantes. San Lorenzo to beat Tigre. Gimnasia y Grima La Plata to beat Vélez Sarsfield. River Plate to beat Boca mm. Juniors. 1 0, probably. Racing and Rafaela to draw. This is largely because, <laughs> largely because Rafaela are absolutely awful away. Um, Arsenal to beat Colón in Santa Fe. Godoy Cruz to claim a home win over all boys and Rosario Central to draw with Lanús in spite of the fact that I'm going to two matches this weekend I'll still be able to catch a few because those last three are all on Monday yes I've got another Monday four o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. nobody's going to be in Santa Fe for Colombia Arsenal no. it's always Arsenal who end up playing at 4pm as well on the weekday no. is this because nobody's going to notice because I haven't got Arsenal played, yeah. played on Friday on, on, on four o'clock and there is uh, Cristina's uh, Christina's uh, Christine, interview and there is that they take, take 30, 38 minutes for the game and yeah. they take back into the in the 38 minutes yeah it was on it was on the Depot TV stream but it wasn't on the yeah. television until 38 minutes yeah after they delayed it by about 15 minutes as well um, very quickly guys apart from the Super Classico are there any of those fixtures that you're really looking forward to seeing hmm Normally, it's been, no, but I imagine you're not really looking forward I've to I've been that, enjoying obviously. watching Newell's, I've been enjoying watching San Lorenzo this season, uh, Gimnasia as well. Gimnasia, Vélez will be, yeah. be very interesting yeah. to play games. There's, there's a few interesting games there. Especially with Vélez, of course, in midweek. San actually. Lorenzo, Tigre, Tigre, has, yeah. Tigre is coming for a, for a win and they go to the Nuevo Gasometro. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a few. Right, that's your lot. English Dan's got to, to get out very quickly because he, he uh, is at work in ten minutes and we're a full one-minute walk away from his office. Um, so, for now, thank you very much for listening to the Hand of Pod Super Classical Preview. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. Join us next week to dissect, uh, like no other podcast will be doing, 
the the Super Classico. That's because no other podcast is even going to be attempting to dissect it, of course. And enjoy the football if you're going to be watching it. The the stream that I mentioned earlier is for a lot of Argentine matches, not just for the Super. Um, for now, it's goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from debutant Fede. Goodbye. And well done, and thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank um, you for the invitation. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.